God really spoke to me. I've been praying for the bells, and you know, God spoke to me this. He said, uh, "We can take we can take comfort in the fact, even in the even in the deepest tragedy, that God can work it for good, and He is working it for good." You know, and and I believe that that in their fam- in their family and in their church and in their life that that God is is going to motivate people to be born again through through the passing of this pastor, and he's going to multiply his efforts, you know, and, and I just believe that. But uh, Pastor Sam, he, he called me the other day, and, and he asked if I could stand in, and um, I have a really cool lesson. It's about leadership. It's about leadership principles from the life of, of Joshua, uh, my namesake, who I'm named after, and uh, he... Uh, he, he, had, he had these leadership qualities, but, but what I want you to understand tonight is, is that these, these leadership things, they don't apply just to people who are up on the stage. It doesn't just apply to people who are heads of groups or ha- who have people under them, per se. It doesn't just apply to bosses or, or pastors or whatever. Uh, these principles are, are spiritual principles that reach into our lives, and, and what we need to realize is, is that as believers, you know, at, at church, in our families, in our circle of influence, at our workplaces, we are called to be leaders. We're called to lead people in the things of God. We're called to be an example, a witness. And uh, I just want to challenge you to be a leader tonight in God's kingdom, uh, in your heart and mind, in your family, in your church, and at the workplace. You know, because that's what God's calling us to be as leaders. And that's what I want us to understand tonight and really get inside of us is that as a believer, we are a leader. We are a leader. We have something that we are, that God is calling the world to Himself. And the means by which He calls the world to Himself is the church. And the church is made up of us. We're leaders. We're leading people to the Lord in our actions, in our, in our jobs, and everything that we do. And so, uh, if you will, turn to Joshua chapter 1, and I'd just like to give you a little background on what's going on, just to kind of set the stage. Um, I kind of like to dig into the history of the stories of the Bible. It kind of makes it real for me, and it's pretty cool. So I'm just going to give you a little history of what's going on. It's about 1400 B.C., and uh, 40 years have passed since the exodus from Egypt. Israel has been a group of nomads wandering in the desert. Under Moses, they have recently won military victory over King Sihon and Og, obtaining the territories of Heshbon and Bashan, east of the Promised Land. And three of the tribes decided that they were going to settle there rather than take some land in the Promised Land. Uh, Two and a half tribes, actually. And uh, Joshua, let's see. Oh, yeah. After leading Israel for 40 years, Moses is now dead. Israel is primed to conquer and take God's promised land, but they have no leader. And Joshua is primed and ready to, to step into this position. And so where we see, we see this interesting conversation. It starts with a conversation between God and Joshua, and then it kind of moves into his, um, his, his actions after that. And so I'm just going to read this. We're going to read the whole chapter. Everybody take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. We're going to read a lot. Uh, But it's good stuff. It's good to read the Word. Verse 1. 
This is New Living Translation. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, Go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, Remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you a place of rest. He has given you this land, your this land. Your wives, children, and livestock may remain here in the land Moses assigned to you on the east side of the Jordan River. But your strong warriors, fully armed, must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. Stay with them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has given you rest, and until they too possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. Only then may you return and settle here on the east side of the Jordan River in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, assigned to you. They answered Joshua, We will do whatever you command us, and we will go wherever you send us. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses, and may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your orders and does not obey your words and everything you command will be put to death. So, be strong and courageous. Okay, so what I'd like to do here is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be some real teaching, you know. Who was here last week for the gifts class? Was, any, was anybody here, did you take the test? My, mine's, a, I'm a teacher. That's what, that's my, that's my job, and so I apologize for the lack of, of funny jokes and, and, uh, and, and anecdotes, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's just good to, to, to learn the Word of God, to let it get down inside of us and do some do some uh, do some work, and so I just want to show you a couple of principles from this from this passage that we can apply to our lives to be leaders for God. Uh, let's see. The first thing is to be prepared to take action. In verse two, God said, "The time has come for you to lead." 
Uh, and I want you to understand that, that whenever an opportunity or a necessity presents itself to lead, we have to be ready and willing to step up and step into that. We have to be prepared to, 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 to take that opportunity by the reins because, listen, life presents opportunities for us to do the right thing all the time, for us to do the hard thing all the time, because oftentimes the right thing is the hard thing. You know, and life presents these opportunities all the time. You know, an opportunity to witness to a friend, a crossroads for your family, an opportunity to do the right thing with your spouse, or a new challenge at work appears suddenly all the time. And we have to be prepared to move to action. You know, I find myself sometimes, uh, I find myself sometimes in, in situations where, where, where I just find myself in neutral and, and I kind of snap to and I'm like, man, I need, to, I need to move. I need to do something here. You know, and we've got to be prepared for that. 2 Timothy 4 verse 1 says, We are to always be prepared to minister and preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And I want to tell you, this is why it's so important that we're constantly in relationship with God. That we're constantly in tune with His Spirit and we're constantly uh, listening to what He has to say. We're constantly spending time with Him and making our hearts right with Him because we never know when a critical situation will arise when we have to take action and lead and, and do what God's calling us to do, uh, be it from the small to the big. You know, we need to be the step... I've, I've learned something. I've learned something in, in my... In, in my marriage, in the, in the short time that I'm married, and, and I believe it's a greater principle in life, but I think that marriage sometimes is like a crucible of life principles that, that kind of uh, intensifies things and, and helps us to see things more. But, you know, I've found that there's times whenever, even though I don't feel like I should, or like, like I, I, I should have to, that, I, that I'm the one that, that should step out and make, make peace. You know, that I'm the one that should, that should step out and, 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 and make things right. You know, and there's so many situations in life where maybe we're not even wrong. Maybe we've been wrong. But God, God calls us to, to step out maybe and to forgive. God calls us to, to step out and, and, and have a good attitude despite our circumstance. You know, there's so many situations in life. You know, when the church needs volunteers for ministry, we need leaders who will step up and fill in the gap. You know, we need people who will, who will you know, they, they, there's, there's, sometimes, there's sometimes in the church where things need to get done and, and we just, we need more people in the church who will step in and step up and say, you know what, I'll do that. I'll meet the need. I'll commit. I'll be a part uh, when an opportunity at work, you know, this is something that, that I think about a lot, you know, is, is that, at, you know, at work there's so many opportunities for us to, to grow and expand and to learn. You know, there's so many opportunities to where, where if we have that leadership mentality and we're, we're willing to take new things and hard things and, and, and learn from them and embrace them and, and, you know, it'll advance us in our careers. And, and these, these, these principles of leadership spiritually, mentally, family, occupationally, whenever we step up and lead, we will succeed in these areas. But we have to be willing to, to, to step up and, and, and take these things by the reins. Um, 
I've got some things written in bold and underlined. These are my, these are my big points. This is one of them. Uh, in spirituality and family and in, in our jobs, we must prepare ourselves for moments of leadership and act when they come. Because leaders are not born, they are people who step up when leadership is necessary. Leaders are people who, who, who see the need and say, you know, uh, say, I'll do that. One of my, one of my favorite old school movies, uh, and I like, I like watching it on TV when it comes on cable more because uh, they edit out all the bad words. But Die Hard, have you, you know Die Hard, Bruce Willis, he, he cop, he's going to see his wife, and, and terrorists take over the building, and, uh, and you know, he, he escapes, and he gets a machine gun, and he, he goes around, and he gets the bad guys, and, you know, um, somebody asks him, he, he gets a radio, and he's talking to a cop on the outside, and he asks him, why are you doing what you're doing? And he says, because there's nobody else to do it, and so I'm going to step up, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do what I have to do to help these people, you know, and that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a deep spiritual principle that we need to get a hold to. Uh, something that was repeated, there was something that was repeated in this passage over and over again in verse, in verse 6, in verse 7, and in verse 9, God says it, and in verse 18, the people say it to Joshua. He says, be strong and courageous. And I want to tell you tonight that if we're going to be leaders for the Lord, we have to be strong and and courageous. Um, leadership requires strength and courage. And you know, there's, there's some things. We need to be spiritually strong. How do we become spiritually strong? Well, let me ask you this. How do you become physically strong? You, you exercise. You, 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 you work out. You, you have resistance against your body and your muscles. There has to be, you know, no pain, no gain, right? There has to be some resistance in order to grow, and, and in, in spirituality, you know, we, we have to push through those things that are kind of hard and difficult, you know, how many of you guys, whenever, whenever we turned up the music earlier, it was kind of, you, you kind of had to push through something in order to get, get your spirit into that spot where, where you were communing with God, you know, and, and me, you know, me and Laura talk about it all the time, we wish we were more spiritual, you know, and that we could we could, we could push harder in prayer and push through uh, in, in studying the Bible and really connect with God. And there has to be resistance. Uh, in our, we have to push through those resi- the resistance of our flesh and, and get into the Word. You know, the, the, the Bible is essential to spiritual strength. You know, try, try not eating for a week and then, and then running a marathon. It's not going to happen. You will fall and you will fail. And the Bible, the Bible says that the Word of God is our daily bread. It's, it's our spiritual food. And without the Word of God, without, without really studying the Word of God, um, you know, we're, we're going to fall and we're going to fail. Another thing about leaders is, is that leaders don't worry. Leaders pray. You know, uh, in Philippians 4, 67 uh, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And I know that sometimes I've, I've kind of had a burden on me. I've had stuff going on in my life, and I, I start to try to pray, and, and I kind of get overcome by the, by the thought. And I, you know, a lot of times I let the worry overtake me. 
But you know, we've got to push through those things. We've got to be able, we've got to have the spiritual strength to push through those situations and circumstances and begin to thank God and say, God, I thank you, Lord, that, that you are in control, God. And, and Lord, I thank you, God, that you are using this for the good of your kingdom, God. And, and Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, that, that God, that you are strengthening me from the inside out, Lord. I pray for your spirit to fall on me now and strengthen me from the inside. And we begin to push through these things. And they allow us, the Bible says that whenever we do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards our hearts and minds and souls. And, but but it's, it's, it's pushing through those difficult times and, and, and praying and seeking God's Word, even whenever it's not convenient, even when we're tired, even whenever we feel like we've got a million things to do. It's pushing through those things that makes us spiritually strong. Um, Leaders are made strong through submission to God. You know, the Bible, uh, the Apostle Paul, he talks about something in his life that, that, that was difficult. We don't know what it is. He calls it a thorn. And uh, a lot of people speculate. Nobody really knows what it is. But he said, he said, that's why I take pleasure in weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, and I talked, I really, it's kind of funny, I talked to you all a lot about, about this the other day, but things aren't always going to go good in life. There's going to be difficulties in life. There's going to be things, there's going to be things that God requires us to do that goes against the ebb and flow of the world. But that's where courage comes into play. Because he said, not only be strong, he said, be courageous. And you see, leaders are courageous. And what, what a lot of people misunderstand is, is that courage isn't tested in the good times. Courage is tested in the difficult times. Courage is tested when, when, when the world is against us, whenever things aren't going our way. I've written here, courage is not acting without fear or anxiety in a difficult situation. Courage is acting despite fear or anxiety because it is the right and necessary thing to do. Courage causes others to act courageously. You know, you, you've probably seen the movies where, where, where the battle's lost and, 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 and the, the army's spirit is failing and a, and a man stands up in a, in a moment of courage and, and, and charges the battle line and, and, it, and, it, and it, 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 it brings something up into, into the other warriors that, that causes them to, to, to fight more. And, and I want to tell you something, that, that nothing is more contagious than courage. Nothing is more contagious than courageous. <laughs> Getting a little tongue-tied there. You know, and, and, and one, of the, one of the things that competes with it is, 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 is a defeated spirit. You know? you know, you get around a lot of people and they're so defeated and it'll pull you down. But in the same way, courage will pull other people up. And it'll cause people to come alongside you and fight, you know, and, 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 and begin to be encouraged yourself. And so we need to be, we need to be pe- people who are courageous. We need to get around people who are courageous. Uh, and if you want to lead people in the things of God, we have to be courageous and be willing to do the hard things when they're the right things and when they're what's got, what God's calling us to do. Uh, our Lord Jesus Christ prayed to God before His crucifixion, My Father... If it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. 
Jesus did not want to suffer and die. He was a man, if, if I were to come and, 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 and drive a, a nail through your arm, you, you would feel the same thing that he felt. He didn't want to do it. But he understood that God had a greater purpose. He understood that there was something beyond himself. He understood that there was a reason why he had to go through the pain. And he stood up courageously. And he followed the Lord. And that's what we have to do. We have to, we have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. We have to hear God and we have to say, My heart is fixed, God. My heart is fixed. And I don't care what's going on around me. I don't care what's going on around me. My heart is fixed. And I'm going to do and I'm going to follow you wherever you lead me. And that's courageousness. You know, mentally, uh, we must learn not to, not to just check out whenever things get difficult. You know, a lot, of, a lot of marriages fail. A lot of friendships fall apart. A lot of relationships are ruined because people just check out whenever things get difficult instead of making things right. A lot of people fall away from the Lord because whenever things get difficult, they just check out. And they say, you know what, God? I, I, don't, I don't think so. I'm, I'm done. You know, this is too tough. You know, you're not doing what I want you to do. I'm checking out. That's mental weakness. It takes courage to, 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 to fight for those vital relationships in our life. You know, when it's all said and done, you know, Pastor, my, my old pastor, Pastor Ron, he used to say, the only thing that we're ever going to take into heaven, everything else is going to stay, but the only thing that's going to last forever is relationships. And we've got to spend our lives courageously defending the relationships that God has placed in our life with our church family, with our friends, with our biological family, with our loved ones. These are the things we have to fight for. As leaders, we must be strong and courageous. Uh, Let me read verse 7 and 8 for you real quick again. It says, uh, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you, will you prosper and succeed in everything that you do. See, a lot of people, a lot of people are confused uh, with what God calls us to do with His Word. You know, people, a lot of people think, think well, I just, I just read the Bible. I just read the Bible, and, and then I'm going to get something out of it, and then they read it, and nothing's really happening, and, and you don't get any context of what's going on, and, and I, I don't really get it, and, and so you put it down, and eh, you know, I don't, I don't really need that. But I want you to see a couple of key things here that God calls leaders to do with His Word. The first thing is to study. To study the Word of God. You know, some things, uh, I talked about history a while ago. The history, you know, I'm reading the book of Daniel on my own right now, and it is an amazing book. It, it, it's, it's in the time whenever, whenever the historically accurate Babylonian Empire is rising to power and they take the Jews captive 
and, and Daniel's one of the Jews as captive, and he begins to have these visions and, and dreams and, and interpretations of, and he, he begins to predict the succession of, of the kingdoms that would come, uh, you know, the, Babylon, the Babylonians and then the, the, uh, the Persians and then the Greeks and Alexander the Great. He prophesies about Alexander the Great. He prophesies about how he would fall and, and the kingdom would fall to his four generals. And then he prophesies the, ri- the rise of the Roman Empire. And then he prophesies to the day and the month, the month and the day of the, that Christ would be, would be crucified. 500 years before it all happened. Powerful. Powerful. But if you just read through there and you just read it, you miss it. You know, you, you, you get the lion's den and you get, you get the, the story about the fire in the furnace, but, but the, the historical context of the Bible sheds light into the power, the accuracy, and the supernatural um, authenticity of the Word of God. And the history is very important. Uh, we need to get context. We need to understand meaning and the purpose. Ask the who, the what, the where, the when, the why. You know, um, and, and you know what I've found is is that there's so many books and commentaries and, and, and study tools. You know, you, you can you can go to esword.com. Uh, Matthew Henry's commentary is very available in several different areas. You know, you can you can Google. You know, I googled uh, Daniel, the book of Daniel, and I found this awesome historical. Uh, you know, he he really just lays it out. And the point is, is that there's resources at our hands that make it very easy to study the Word of God. And I, I want to encourage you to use those tonight and begin to get the greater context of what's going on. Uh, the next thing he says is to meditate on the Word of God. Think on the Word. You know, meditation is, is just like worry, only you're thinking about something good. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, you know, you think about when you're worrying about something, that's all you can think about. You know, um... You know, oh my gosh, I left, uh, I, left, I left the door unlocked, and we're on vacation, and what if somebody gets into our house, and I, I can't believe that. I remember uh, on our honeymoon, I, <laughs> we had this waterproof video camera, and it, it was a Kodak Play Sport, and we went to this place called Shellha in Mexico, and there was this spot where you could put on life jackets and, and you got in tubes and stuff and you kind of floated around and you floated down. And so I had my camera out and I got this awesome idea because I was having trouble paddling that I would attach the camera to my life jacket. <laughs> and so I was paddling and, and having a good time. And, and then uh, we got out and we, we put all our stuff down and we went to walk in and we did some things. And I remember I was going to the restroom and it just hit me that I left my camera on the life jacket. And so I, I ran and I looked and I asked everybody, have you seen this, senor? Have you seen camera, you know? And uh, no, no, no. And, and, and for, for the next two hours, that's all I could think about. That stupid camera. <laughs> and how stupid I was. <laughs> and uh, all the cool things that were on there. And it just it was just over and over and over in my head. And Laura... I was pouting and being a, being stubborn, and, and she finally was like, "Listen, you just gotta, you just gotta shake it, you know. You just gotta let it go." And I said, "Okay." And we prayed a little bit, and I said, "I was sitting. We were sitting on this little float, floating thing in the middle of the lagoon." And I said, "I remember saying, God, what are you trying to teach me?'" <laughs> you know, and uh, 
But anyway, that's, that's a picture of meditation, except instead of worrying about something, we think on the Word of God and we let it go over and over and over. And just like that worry brings our attitude down, the Word of God, the meditation of God brings our attitude up and it brings our spirit up and it begins to allow those things to get deep down inside of our hearts, you know. Um, how many of uh, y'all remember in school when you would read a whole page and then you're like, what did I just read? I do not remember anything. Uh, you know, we had to read this book called A Tale of Two Cities. Did anybody have to read A Tale of Two Oh, jeez. Uh, I, I hated that book. It was so, it was so tough. And uh, I would, constantly I would, I would read, and I had no idea what I would read. And, and, and that's human nature, you know. That's why God tells us to meditate over. You know, you, get a, you find a piece, you find a piece of Scripture and it speaks to you and you just think on it over and over and over again. So, uh, the next thing is to obey. We need to obey the Word of God. You know, He told, he told him to obey the Word. And as we begin to study and as we begin to meditate, the Word of God will get deep down in our hearts and obedience will follow. I got off on a big tangent that whole section was three lines in my notes. <laughs> Big tangent. Uh, I'll give you an example. How am I doing? Yeah, we're good. Uh, I'll give you an example of, of, of how the Scripture can, can begin to change you as you meditate. Uh, shortly, after, shortly after I got married, uh, I, found, I found these Proverbs that really spoke to me, and they're about, they're about fighting. You know, they're about arguing. Uh, I'll, I'll just throw them out here to you. Uh, Proverbs seventeen fourteen. 1911 and 23. And just going through them real quick. It says, Starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate, so stop before a dispute breaks out. Sensible, this is the next one. Sensible people control their temper, they earn respect by overlooking wrongs. And then the last one, 23 says, Avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. And so I was like, Ooh. That's good. And so I started to meditate on these things. And again, remember, uh, I, use, I use marriage a lot because it's, it's, it's new to me and it's kind of a crucible of life principles. But, but these things apply in, in life in general. You know, uh, we get these scriptures in our heart and all of a sudden an opportunity for dispute arises. Somebody says something that we don't like. Somebody does something that we don't want them to do. Somebody rubs us the wrong way. Somebody's just being a plain jerk to us. And, and the natural inclination is to, is to lash out. You know, and, and uh, but the, you know, I remember, I remember times, I remember times, how many of y'all know that no matter how good your spouse is, there's still times that you want to, you want to, you want to get each other, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and so Laura's awesome. And she'll tell you that I'm awesome, but we'll both tell you that there's times where we want to, we want to uh, push each other on the ground or something, you know, and, 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 it, and we get on each other's nerves. It happens. Uh, and I remember, I remember one time she did something, and, and I was just like, oh, here we go, buddy. <laughs> you know, and, and, and God spoke this in my heart. God spoke to me. He said, he said, are you a fool? And I was like, and this is going on in my head, and, and, and I'm kind of I'm like, what? And then this scripture came to my mind, 
You know, only fools insist on quarreling. Stop a dispute before it breaks out. Because it's like opening a floodgate. And it, it changed my life. You know, it changed my life. And, and, and the Word of God, there is a, there, the Word of God addresses every single aspect of our life. If we'll just get it inside of us, it'll change us. Okay. Uh, the next thing is delegate. Leaders, delegate. You know, it says that Joshua, whenever he had gotten done spoken with, speaking with God, he sent the elders out to tell the people, hey, we're, we're about to go do this. We're about to go take the land. You know, and it's very important that we're able to trust others with the burdens of life. That we're able to, to run the race with other people with their help. Uh, it's important that we identify and recruit godly, responsible people uh, with, with the tasks that God has assigned to us. You know, there's, um, there's a lot of people that get burnt out in their jobs, in their family life, in their uh, church life. There's a lot of people that get burnt out at church because they just don't know how to delegate. You know, people get overwhelmed and burdened and, 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 and they think they've got to do it all themselves and they don't delegate and you get burnt out. You know, it's very important that in the things of life that, that whenever the burden starts to get heavy that we delegate. You know, leaders always surround themselves with dependable and capable people and leaders are able to make undependable and uncapable people dependable and capable. That's the sign of a true leader. It's someone who, who can bring people up and delegate to them and, and, and cause them to, to be responsible and, and, and follow them, you know, in, in the things of God. So, and then the last thing is, you remember at the end of the chapter, you know, the three tribes who were settling outside of the promised land, they already had their land. They were about to go in and make war against the Canaanites. And he said, listen, guys, how many, how many of y'all know I don't think, you know, sometimes you got to read in between the lines. And I think that they were kind of getting settled in. And I don't think that they were going to go over and fight the war with them. They were, they were, they were kind of building their houses, you know, and they were staking their claim. And, and I don't think Joshua would have said what he said unless there was a reason to say what he said. But he said, listen, guys, we need your help. You're 3 out of 12. What's, what percentage is 3 out of 12? 40%? 40? Yeah. yeah, it's quarter. No, quarter. 25%. <laughs> yeah, I took calculus in college. Uh, 25%. You, you guys, we need your help. We can't do this without you. We need you to come and be a part of this vision of taking the promised land. We need you to come and be a part. And ultimately, you know, ultimately after this speech and he reasoned with them and he, he probably approached them with respect and and. And, and, and he was able to bring them into the army and unify them under the vision. And you see, something a very important quality of a leader is the ability to get people to buy into a vision that they don't necessarily agree with. That's so important to being a leader. That's so important in leading people to Jesus. That's so important... In, in leading your family in the things of God and being a witness and being an example. That's so important. You know, I, you know, I, underst- I understand that, that I have something very exciting but very challenging with my son. And I'm very excited to, to have, have a little guy that I can teach and lead. 
you know, but me and, you know, Laura and I, we've talked about it. We, you know, something our parents did for us that we're going to do for them is that kid's coming to church whether he wants to or not, you know. He's coming to church <laughs> Sunday, Wednesday. If we had Sunday night, but we don't, uh, you know, that kid's coming to church. Lance Berkman, I saw him on a, on a show. He said, uh, he was giving his testimony. He said, you know, growing up, I, I had to overcome a drug problem. My parents drug me to church every Sunday and every Wednesday, he said. And then he kind of laughed and he said, I was brought up good, you know, and, and that, that was a blessing. And uh, where was I going with this? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. We got to be able to convince people to buy into the vision of God. We got to know the vision of God. We got to convince people to buy into the vision, vision of God. You know, uh, it's very important. Very important that we have this ability to unify. And so, you know, just to kind of run back through through these things, there's a couple of things. Maybe prepared, ready to act, maybe strong, courageous, have the word of God inside of us, be able to delegate whenever the burden gets too heavy. And we need to be able to unify other people. That's all that that's all that witnessing to people is. You you unify the unbeliever with Christ through the gospel, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't we can't be a, an effective believer without leading people to Christ, and we can't lead people to Christ unless we have that ability to unify people under a common vision. Um, tonight, you know, and, and I know I feel this way a lot that, you know, oftentimes we don't feel like we qualify to be a leader. But uh, leaders are not qualified by talent or ability, but by finding strength in the Lord and by courageously doing what is necessary in life, even when it's difficult. I want to close with a scripture that kind of shows the biblical background of what I just said. It's 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26 through 31. It says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world. And the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence, but of Him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that as it is written, He who glories, let Him glory in the Lord. Let's close our eyes. You know, tonight... We need to understand that in our weakness, in our unqualification, in our inability, we need to turn to Jesus Christ. We need to realize that it's, it's not our responsibility to live out the Christian life. It's our responsibility to submit to God. And the Bible says that, that, that those things, that, you know, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, those aren't the fruits of Josh Trevino. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. And so I want to encourage you tonight to submit to God, 
and let Him begin to put these, these leadership principles in your life. Begin to employ them. Begin to submit to God's Word and be obedient to His Word and, and, and act these things out in your life. And as we, you know, you may, you may think, well, I don't have any of those qualities. But I want you to understand that as we submit to the Lord, as we meditate on His Word, as we pray to Him consistently, as we get in tune with His Holy Spirit, as we follow Him in obedience, He will begin to put these things in our life and He'll make us strong where we're weak. Lord Jesus, Father, we thank You, Lord, for Your, your awesome power in our lives, God. Father, we thank You, Lord, for the ability uh, to lead and make a difference for Your kingdom, God. And Lord, I pray that, that each and every person in here, Lord, would rise up as a leader in, a, in their circle of influence, God. And that, that, Father God, that we would begin to lead in things of, of, of the spiritual nature, God. That we would begin to lead in, 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 in the things of uh, the physical nature, Lord God. That we would begin to lead at our jobs, God. That we would begin to lead in every arena of life, Lord God. And influence every circle of life for Your kingdom, God. We thank You for it in Jesus' name. Amen.